Jeff here. Thanks for listening. Go to playvolutionhq.com slash ccbag or click the link in the show notes for the show's archives, ways to connect, ways to support the show, information about happy hour, and more. I'm Jeff Johnson coming to you from upstairs studio in the snuggery along the Gulf of Mexico from beautiful Florida, Lisa fucking Murphy. How you doing, Lisa Murphy? I am fantastic. I just got to spend four days out in West Virginia and I'm super excited about the work I'm doing there right now. So I'm doing good. I'm a little I'm a little uh, road weary this morning, but I'm doing well. Well, I'm glad we're glad we're together. We're going to talk about developmental domains in a bit. I got a hypothetical for you. I've been saving this one. I, I, I come up with these and I ask the co-host about them. And I've saved this one specifically for you because you're such a foodie. Um, so the question is, Ooh, I'm which, taking which fictional pig do you think would make the best bacon and ham? Oh, Wilbur. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wilbur. I've got I've got like fifteen pigs on the list. The list is every time I ask somebody, somebody adds a new pig. So I've got I've got like fifteen pigs on the list. Okay, but but uh, now I'm I'm thinking a nonfiction pig. Um, okay, well Wilbur is the first one that jumped in my head. The only other one that jumped in my head, but I would not say it would be tastiest, was Babe. Okay, was, yeah, wasn't we got there Babe, pig, pig, pig in the baby. city. We've we've got Porky, Porky Pig. Okay, animated pig. We've got we've got Arnold from Green Acres. Oh wow, that's digging in the archives. Well, uh, okay. no, I mean that's classic television. We've got Woo Woo's pigs from the television HBO television series Deadwood. Um, they I love. I only watched like two episodes of that one. Yeah, those pigs that's ate pig. murdered bodies. Um, we've got uh, the Piggly Wiggly pig from the grocery okay. store chain. Okay. We've got oh, Miss you know, Piggy. What about you? Know what just jumped in my head, which is a little morbid, is Piggy from Lord of the Flies. Oh, there, well, see, there's another one that's not on the list. But it's not really <laughs> a big. Um, <laughs> we've got we've got Pumbaa, we've got Piglet, we've got Peppa Pig, we've got Napoleon. Oh, oh, you know, Peppa Pig should be made into bacon, but that's probably a whole other discussion. <laughs> Piglet didn't. Piglet didn't even jump into my head. Miss Piggy would didn't jump into my head. Wilbur jumped in first. Who else do you have? We, we've got Napoleon from Animal Farm. Um, oh. we've got, we've got, uh, this is one from Brett. This is these young people. There's uh she didn't even know the pig's name. There's a pig in, uh, the anime spirited away, um, that well, okay. she, I know the she wanted to yeah. eat. And then we've got the, we've got the, the stick pig, the straw pig and the brick pig. Oh, all right. So all right. Lots, of, lots of, lots of pigs out there. Um, I I still haven't decided. I think Arnold from Green Acres would probably be pretty tasty because uh, uh, I didn't living know that in a lap a, of luxury, no. watching television and stuff, would be a good pig. Oh, hold on, that's my bad. I was talking over you because I was realizing I was getting how Green was my valley and Green Acres mixed up. Green Acres was a series, 
how green was my valley was a movie. And that's what I was like, I don't remember a pig in that. But <laughs> and that's why I said deep in the archive, because that's like an old, old black and white, like I think from the 40s, 30s, 40s. Movie. I'm not as old as you. I don't know anything about that olden day <laughs> stuff. Uh, that's so uh, I think we'll bring that one to an end. I But I wanted to get your take on that because I know you're- What was the number kid. one? What um, was the number? No, there was there were no repeats. No, there nobody. No repeats. Every everybody had their own unique take oh. on which pig they would think is most delicious. So, uh, nobody so. had said Wilbur. Oh, oh, I get no. I guess Kristen. I've got my yeah. Kristen had so Chris. So technically, Wilbur would be most most popular because you and Kristen. Because well, he was all fat for the fair. That's why he'd <laughs> be so tasty. <laughs> I think I think also because he was so sweet. Um, right. He think, was he was already he was already like like apple. He was already like mapley on the inside. Yeah, yeah. I, I think personality. If you're going to eat in that, I think personality plays a part in in taste. I would think that's why. Again, I think the cuter the animal, the better it tastes. Right. <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're gonna revisit uh, developmental domains, and this is something I, I looked it up this morning, Lisa. And back in the early episode one thirty five, six, seven, in there, we we looked at um, the four developmental domains of language and literacy, and cognitive development, and physical development, and social emotional development. We did an episode on each of those, and then yeah, episode five hundred and thirty one. Um, Nacy was looking at revising theirs and you were going through, you were going to online meetings or something and reading through things. And I did, and so we did I submitted on that. 14 pages of notes. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's just about 600 episodes ago now. So I thought it was God. worth, <laughs> worth revisiting a little bit. Um, and, and the catalyst for that is kind of uh, a couple months ago, I put up on the, on the Playvolution HQ website, uh, a one page handout with uh what what I've listed as five key developmental domains because I I think Nacy kind of switched theirs up a little bit and I looked at that and it did I I I, don't, I just like to be contrarian I guess um, so I got my kind of own take and so uh, the the topic I don't know where do we want to jump in what is a developmental well, I, domain well I I think actually yes the catalyst for the episode is that you essentially kind of added to it. And and for what it's worth, I'd say you added to it in a way that was probably necessary for the profession, right? Not, not like a self-serving, I think this should be in there. Like I think what you've put in and the way I've drawn it is added it to the middle because to me, the and and I'm I'm sure you want to elaborate on on you know how you've changed it or what really wasn't changed, but the adaptive life skill piece of it, I think, touches on all four of the domains, which is why visually for me, it works to plop that new one, so to speak, if we want to call it that for the sake of the show today in the middle, because it does touch all of them. Like all four of the domains touch each other. And I think that kind of life skill adaptive domain fits in, in the middle because without that, it really kind of going back to the social skill piece, you know, if, if, if you don't know how to interact in the world, it doesn't matter, you know, how high you can count, right? Or yeah, how many yeah. you be able to speak. And I think, I think, I think what you've captured is a way to expand on that notion without like plopping all of that conversation into the social emotional piece. 
Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, kind of. But I, I think there's a lot more over. Look, I think the a developmental domain. It kids don't give a flying fuck about any of those. They don't. They don't stop and think as well. Today, I'm going to work on my blah blah blah. Exactly. Um, this is just a way for adults to categorize and and pay attention to what's going on developmentally with kids. And so there's there's all kinds of different silos we can put things yeah. in. And I think there's a, maybe a lot more overlap than than we tend to tend to pay attention to. I was I've been doing a series with uh Nicole from Inspired EC in Australia about the the eighth century systems. And and we were talking about this last last night when we were recording um just physical development. We were we were talking about proprioception. But mm-hmm. proprioception, that that piece of physical development, wiring the proprioceptive system is really important for for things like self-regulation, because just being able to manage your body, proprioception, interoception, all those senses um, are, are a big part of our, our social emotional life. And if if those things aren't well developed and well wired in the brain, a lot of the social stuff we want kids to be able yep. to to manage is is difficult to do. Um, right. When it comes to the cognitive stuff, the physical, the physical stuff there too, because if you can't, if you can't manage your body enough to hold your pencil, you're not going to be able to do the, the, the communicative thing of, of writing your name when the teacher wants you to. So to comment on that, that's one of the big sticking. Well, first of all, backing up, I'm not sure. And I don't know, I'm not saying I'm not implying that schools aren't teaching young, new early childhood people about the domains, whether it's the the NACI domains or whether it's something more like this. I I don't even know if they're learning it. So even, even backing it up one point further is reminding people constantly, especially our youngest prof- professionals coming in, that it's impossible to only be working on it. So like, you know, you and I get in, so we can just keep talking and talking and talking about it. But I think there's room to pause for a second and remind everybody who is listening, it is absolutely impossible, regardless of what's on your lesson plan or what the curriculum says you're doing today, to say, I'm only working on this domain today. It's absolutely impossible. So yeah, yes. remember that. Remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And and so so the awareness of these of these domains, I think, is it it makes observation a little bit easier for one thing, because when you see a child in the block area or making mud pies or or pushing a tire up the up the slide to let it roll down, you can say, OK, well, they're doing this. There's lots of conversation, lots of chitter chatter going on over there. Um, there's there's some some cognitive stuff going on because they've got a, they've done a lot of higher order kind of planning and thinking and how to how to manipulate those materials. Materials and and so it helps you kind of pay attention to to the learning that's happening in what and, a lot of people regard as just play. Yes, and 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 to that, as people get more confident in the language that they're using to um, translate the play into that language that that others don't often understand. Right, we're we're attaching language to what we just innately see, whether we've gotten really experienced at seeing those connections or whether we're getting better at seeing those connections. I think I think the a visual. That's why I draw the squares all the time for people. That that visual in your brain for you to start making those connections, in order to get comfortable stating them out loud to the people who don't see those connections on their own. And I think that is a really strong backdoor in getting 
people who are learning that, that that play is a good thing, I think it builds their confidence. And when you come across as being confident when you're having those conversations, I, I, I just I think that's that's the secret weapon is that. Confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And, and well, I mean, to pull back a little bit, the reason I put this uh, and look, will I remember to link to it in the show notes? Probably not. Maybe um, the reason I put together this this one page um, uh, sheet on on this is because I've been I've been paying a lot more attention to to uh, policies and procedures, and in this review of 120 plus handbooks that I did. Um, developmental domains are very rarely mentioned at all. And I think if you want staff and parents and administration to all be on the same page about what's going on in a program, you should have some kind of, you should have this information in whatever form, whether you use something, the the way I put them together or the NACI version, or when I was, when I was digging into this, um, I looked at, at some there, I don't know if it was Australia or the UK or someplace um, had a had a list of like nine, seven, seven, eight, nine domains, and so it, you don't have to categorize yeah. it in any particular way. Um, your program can figure out, hey, this is the way we divide things up, and and go from there. But actually, actually spending some time contemplating about how you're going to approach these things and, and sort through them. And the, you know, the fact that other things exist, you don't have to recreate things for your, for yourself is, exactly. is good, but you don't have to lock in to, to something that's already existing. It's just the, the process of, of thinking about it. So you can communicate those things to other, other stakeholder adults, I guess. 100%, 100%. Yeah, I I I think of oh, and I would have no idea how many episodes ago it was, but I remember I was on a kick for a long time talking about the 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 three strategies that I thought would change the profession long term and and become um, allowing people to be way more play focused, and one of them was you know articulating just drawing those four squares of the domains on a napkin, and 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 so almost training parents to start to see that yeah what they think might just be frivolous play has some depth to it because it's it's really quick and fast and now you know knowing that that you've added that that middle piece to it is you know i gotta now i damn it i gotta redraw one of my props god damn it <laughs> um, and 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 but it makes yeah, sense I, but no, yeah, communicating it like that, I think, is really important because if you have this agreed on these agreed on funnels or categories that you're going to use in your program, that becomes a shorthand when you're communicating yep. for, for with parents. Whether you're doing a a post to the the private program uh, Facebook group or or you're writing out daily reports for kids, you can say, okay, they were busy in the mud area and there was lots of lots of stuff going on in the communicative domain and the physical domain, and and that becomes that shorthand that you don't have to go into a lot of exactly. detail in explaining what's happening. And um, and I think parents parents become a lot more trusting in supporting just playing when they can see that foundation underneath it. Right, and not just see me drawing those lines, but then they start to see it in their brain because we teach them that I like from day one. And, and the other reason years ago I was on that kick was I was saying that it wasn't a short-term strategy, but it was very long-term. If you've got parents who are used to this language and who are used to now from, from the infant room till they transition into kindergarten grade one, 
and thinking about how important each of these domains are and how they intertwine together. And they start seeing their child as a whole child and not just their head, you know, this is the cognitive piece, you know, and not just their body piece. They become advocates for their child's own play-based child-led education as they go through elementary school. And the specific example I used to always use was if you didn't realize you were funneling into a public school system that didn't have recess, but for the last five years, you've been learning and seeing and observing how important that time is, you have a parent that's going to be a lot more vocal about what do you mean? You know, you're completely ignoring this entire piece of my child's development and you know, I just think that kind of advocacy of, of not keeping what we know to ourselves and of sharing it with anybody and not in a teachy preachy, look what I know, finger pointing kind of mindset. But but let me share with you. You you maybe never learned this, but it was my job to learn it. So I want to share what I know with you so you can be that much more empowered for advocating for your child, you know, when we're not around. Yeah. Yeah. Because that that makes a more cohesive team of adults supporting supporting that child. Yeah. Well, yeah. Shall we, shall we, we, we just walk through these? I think three, I three of them, three of them are pretty much ex the, the, the same as they have been. And as, as NAACY, NACEY, NA, what's that? NAEYC. Yeah. NAEYC. Yeah. Um, so we've got the social emotional domain that that's pretty much the same as we've been talking about on the show for, for 11 years. years. Um, and it deals with social emotional development, everything from getting back your green shovel to being able to, to self-regulate yourself when somebody takes your, your fucking green shovel. Um, <laughs> anything, anything more to throw it on that one? No, not really. Not yeah. Really. Then we got the the physical domain. That's all the that's all the physical stuff. Um, I, I large I and small, large, large and small. small. And I I've been I stuck specifically uh, sensory integration in there too yeah, because that's, that's a big part of physical development. But we don't specifically I think mention it enough. I I. I, I just thinking back to the episode we did specifically about that domain years ago. I don't think we we talked. We talked we talked large and small, but I don't think we talked sensory integration. And that's that's been I've been on sensory integration kick lately. But yeah, uh, I think so too. And especially now that I have a lot of OTs and PTs that come into the audience, I like I like to make mention, you know, that they're they're the spatial awareness, right? Where am I in space awareness? That's all still very physical. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for, for me, I mean, which is your, which is your favorite sensory system, Lisa Murphy? Oh my goodness. I don't know if I, I don't know. I, I was talking to Nicole about this lot because we've been doing this series and hers was, hers was the tactile, the, the tactile system. Um, tactile. Minus, minus the interoceptive system, all of that stuff that's going on on the inside the the rumbling in the tummy the uh, the the feeling of your heartbeat and your breathing all that all that inside that stuff. sounds very reptilian that's very reptilian like I know I'm working I'm alive and working well I I, I like it because I, I like it because I don't think we pay attention to it a lot in the early years as much as we should because just just making sense of those feelings you have inside whether whether you're hungry or you're feeling anxious or you have to go to the bathroom those are all very similar 
interoceptive feelings, but they they mean and require vastly different things. So I kind of well, no, but that's that's there's a springboard there into you know a whole conversation as to if you have adults, especially because I'm thinking specifically infants and toddlers, like right away, mm-hmm. and if you have an adult working with them who maybe isn't as familiar with just how important that that is as a developing system, you know, how often do we, you know, without being mean or malicious, we're like, Oh no, no, it's not snack time. Or no, you know, no, no, we're going to go to the bathroom in five minutes. And you're like, ah, you know, so in a way you're not making room for the child figuring out how their own system is work. Yeah. Working. yeah. It's only nine 30. You can't be hungry yet. Right. Like essentially <laughs> you might as well just say you're lying. You're lying. You're not hungry. You're lying. Meanwhile, your belly, you can hear their belly grumbling a mile away, you know? Yeah. 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 So we got that physical one and then, and then cognitive, uh, a lot of times cognitive goes on the top list. Uh, and we did another episode once about how, how these are all equally important. Um, yes, yes. and, uh, uh, cognitive, I mean, cause that's the school readiness stuff, right? So that often gets, uh, gets pushed to the top of the list and a lot of, programs. well, and I would, I, I would also say not only does it get pushed to the top of the list, but it becomes the only thing that people focus on. And the definition that they're using of cognitive development is very skewed and not developmentally appropriate, right? Because you, me, and everybody who listens to the show could riff for five minutes as to how, you know, painting a fence is a cognitive development, right? Because we know how to make those connections, how squeezing Play-Doh and pouring water, all of that, building a block tower and knocking it over. There's cognitive development embedded within all of that. Um, And unfortunately, I think the 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 social socially accepted definition is the the flashcards and the dittos and the worksheets that kind of tangible stuff that an adult will interpret as like cognitive and it yeah it goes more so much- more formally academic yeah. adult led yeah. kind of stuff is what it what often gets gets stuck in gets that basket yes yes and, yes, and yes. so then the the language one i've i've renamed um on the on the thing i did communicative domain because i think that better encompasses not only um written and spoken language but body language and social cueing and all that kind of communicating all those all those different ways of communicating things yeah i like and, that it actually when you told me about that when i was jotting it down this morning um my mind went to um Hughes's communicative play right it's its own like play type passing notes could be under under that uh the even you're my friend I'm not your friend you're not coming to my party the verbal banter back and forth that that adults might jump in and stop because they think it's arguing but really it's kids playing with the language so I I really I really like how how you've uh added to it right you haven't crossed it out and thrown it out and made something new you you've made it a lot more broad and yeah, I, I think I really, really it makes it a bigger basket yes i like that yes well, and, well yeah. i mean and that's because well i was looking at how that well where does play face fit in here um yeah and right or and play cues yeah. sending the play cues and and serve and return and all of that yeah where does it go i love that yeah, and I mean, and that's a that's a huge all of that non-verbal, non-language based stuff is it's a huge part about how we navigate the world. Um, and speaking about navigating, where do I put where do I put eye rolls? 
the fact that I'm a really good eye roller, where does that go? I, I think, I mean, that, that takes some physical skill, but I think it would, I, I think I would put it in that communicative domain. And, and I mean, that's the thing, different things are going to fit in different, different categories, different baskets at different times. Um, and, and, and there's really, I mean, there's probably right and wrong answers, but really there's a lot of, there's a lot of wiggle between these. It, it, of course, it's very fluid, right? It's very, it's very squishy and messy and fluid. And before I lose a thought, I want to say something. I think this bigger basket of communicative, 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 communicative. Also, when adults broaden their understanding or their definition and start to see that the body cues and body language that kids are sending, right? Realizing that it's just important to be paying attention to those nonverbal cues that they're sending you and not just the verbal ones, not just the ones they're writing down. I think that increases our ability to be more understanding. Like, you know, so maybe there's a kid who never really talks to a lot of people, but you can read them like a book sure. once you paying attention to their stance like are they open are they closed all of that that I'm, I'm loving i'm loving this jeff and and also also uh, y if you start looking at it that way a lot of behavior stuff that maybe gets under under adult skins we can actually see as them experimenting with their communicative skills i'm thinking about the things like the the eye roll or the the foot stomp when you don't get your way or uh -huh. the, the pouty uh -huh. lip all of that kind of stuff um maybe annoying to us adults but for the kids it's really i'm i'm going to experiment with this and see if it helps me get along in the world yeah, and yeah. and maybe it will or maybe it won't. Maybe this will help me. Maybe my pouty lip will help communicate that I'm upset a little bit more than than throwing blocks and throwing myself down on the floor and kicking my legs. Um, I've I, I mean I found personally that works better for me with uh, around the snuggery here with Tasha and the dogs. If I just do a little bit of a pouty lip, I'm more likely to get my way. So uh, that comes in handy. <laughs> comes in handy. I, I i was well we'll, we'll get to the I, I, the the fifth one i've added in a minute but i was thinking illustrating these maybe the way they need to be illustrated is in some sort of venn diagram where that overlap is noted but that might be confusing um i think they would get really because technically if if we're really, really true to what we say and what we believe, it, it, the Venn diagram would be a circle. Just one circle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be labeled play. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the fifth one, the one I've added um, from what we've talked about previously on the show is, uh, is something I'm calling the adaptive domain. And I didn't invent this. I found it on somebody else's someplace that um, out there on the on the interwebs that I couldn't find an actual source for. But I, I thought it really made sense. And what it is, it's the, the focus on acquiring essential uh, self-care and uh, self-care skills and, and generally learning to navigate the world. Um, so that's, that's everything from, you know, coping skills. How do I deal with this person that took my green shovel, but also how do you use a stapler? Yeah. I think, I think that that's that wide range of things that go on in there. How, how, how do you, how do you get people to be your friend? How do you, how do you enter play your shoe? How do you, how do you I mean, you? all of that, all of, Life all skills. of those things. 
Yeah. And I mean, life skills as a three-year-old are different than life skills as a 33-year-old, but there's that that progression there. And as we grow and develop and, and expand our world or contract it, the the things we need to adapt to our environments are different. But I think that's kind of a lifelong learning kind of thing too, as the others are. Yeah. I think so too. And then I think the child's in, per, in particular, their, their, their own unique disposition, their approach towards school and learning, like all of that. I, I think that's just like a whole other layer. Now we're getting into Bronfron Brenner, but like a whole other layer around it, you know? So my disposition is going to impact how I, as a three-year-old interact with my environment where I'm given opportunities to deepen and develop all five of these things. And, and that's why our job as preschool people can be so tricky because every child is going to approach, not only approach the environment differently, but could approach the environment differently every single day. Yeah. So that's why, that's why the flexibility piece and that open-minded piece becomes so important for the adult. Cause the minute we start to think, Oh, he's always like this, or she's always like this, or he's never like that. You know, we're pigeonholing the kid and that's, that's not going to make good progress. Yeah. 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 Um, another thing I did, uh, years ago and, um, you helped me out a little bit with this. I put together a, 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 an observation form for these domains, which is basically that uh, that that bunch of squares, so you could just kind of log down what when a kid was doing doing Play-Doh or doing mud or doing dramatic play, you could kind of sit there and jot notes down what you were observing in each one of those different categories. So I recently updated those to to cover all five domains too. So I'll try to put a link to that in the in the show notes as well, if anybody, because um, if you're not used to looking at what kids are doing. Um, in 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 terms through the lens i guess of of these developmental domains something like that makes it a little bit easier to kind of kind sure. of practice like for... training wheels training yeah, wheels yeah, yeah yeah sure well have we have we beat this particular horse to death yet or we got anything oh i don't think we could ever beat it to death but um i I'm, it's a very I'm resilient really, horse it's a very resilient horse um i i no, I'm 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 glad we had a time to to talk about it because I know that I will be modifying and adding the the domains. I, I like that. I also one of the other things, and I'll speak personally to my own practice with this is, you know, once in a blue moon, I have as Lisa Murphy the opportunity to practice what I preach. Right. So when I get new information that expands something that I've been doing and mm -hmm. adds to it doesn't disprove anything you've been doing but now as you said i love it made the basket bigger like i'm now that much more excited to talk about this at upcoming gigs and workshops because you know it's it's just more tools for people and and i think and and i don't know maybe this is self-serving to some degree but i i think it's important to be able to say in the workshops you know hey you know, let, let me show you what I've added to, to this, right? I, you, we never, any opportunity I get to organically and authentically show people that you, you're never done. If you, you never reach the end point in your own growth and development, if you are paying attention and if you continue to remain curious and passionate about passionate about this job, that you're always going to be retooling and adding and growing. And, and I just love it when, you know, I'm able to have my own real experience and then take that back 
and 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 share it because I, I think it increases the credibility of our work right that we're not just telling people to change their mind when they need to um but when you when you learn better do better and that applies to all of us yeah yeah and i mean the way young children learn to survive and thrive in the world hasn't really changed a lot for the last 10,000 plus years that we've had these these pretty i mean that's our our brains haven't changed much that since then but our our ability to to understand and communicate about the way those things happen is is always changing and and being able to step back and and look at things with fresh eyeballs is is probably a good thing agreed this here this here has been the Child Care Bar and Girl podcast, the world's longest running and most prolific early learning podcast that, uh, you know, it's glad you're sticking this into your ear holes. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.